episode 2 take 1 roll 1 my name is shiro and welcome to the channel i think it is a beautiful thing when your meeting of someone is so intersectional anet and i have met in both social and professional setups and it's always such a delight when we bump into each other we went to the same campus volunteered in the same advocacy spaces and now we both exist in the film and communication worlds what is funny though is that when we met we fostered our friendship online way before we met in person back in the day when facebook was the place to be back when i used to use a pseudo account to express myself it feels like an entire lifetime ago as an abled person i struggled to word and navigate the politics of an experience that i have not lived and so i needed a friend that doesn't mince her words is open and candid is brave and vulnerable and will call me out and correct me while talking about disability for me that could only be one person let's welcome anet atieno my name is anet atieno i'm a communication specialist um yeah and i'm currently a master student i keep forgetting that i'm a master student until it's time for assignments I'm a master student. Um, my disability is that I broke my leg in 2009 and I've never been able to walk un- completely unaided since. So um, I have a metal rod in my leg, a few pins in my hip and some screws in my knee <laughs> and I'm on crutches. I'm a disabled woman. When you use the word disability, mm-hmm. what does that word mean to you? You know, that's a good one, That's a good one. So I live very much on the fringes of just like, on the outside, right? Of just like disability and like, I'd like my advocacy has never really focused on disability, right? And I think it's just, it's one of those things that happened to me and then I got up and you know it put me down literally for a year or so and i had to get up and you know go right and so when i use it it's more i only i only use it as a political term um in that also as a way of reminding people that i might be slower or i might need more space or you know but usually the crutches do the talking for me interestingly when i sometimes i can you know limp without the crutches right and when i do that i'm very shocked at how rude people become so like people are polite when you have crutches right like people remember your disability so what i'm trying to say is that when disability is visible people are more empathetic and then when it isn't then suddenly you're just someone who can be pushed run over you know what i'm saying so yeah it's a political term for me long story short do you have moments where you wish you were not like that didn't happen like that that accident didn't happen this again intersects with other other um identities of mine right um because then your body becomes a representation like it, you are your body right you, you very seldom are you your mind right when you're out there you're, you're you are your body right and so for my other identities which include you know mask mask presenting and and things like this is that my disability gets in the way right um it becomes a hindrance for me a really big thing is because i'm also diabetic the 
a surprise, another thing. So yeah, so because I'm diabetic is one of the things, and the doctor is like, you know, you need to lose weight because also because of the metal rod. I'm telling you, intersectional oppression because of the metal rod in my leg. My doctor is always like, you need to lose weight, right? And so a lot of the ways in which sports science people in the country have been taught that you can lose weight is through exercise, right? How am I going to exercise if the things that I'm exercising on are broken? You understand? So then that just like adds a whole other aspect, right? And then, and I've said this before, is that Kenya is a highly violent country towards disabled people, right? Accessibility is a hoax. People put ramps and think like that's accessibility. We have given, like now, everything is peachy, right? When it really isn't, when where I live, I have to walk on an uneven road and I hope that my very, that I hope that my MP sees this, is that like there's, like there's no tarmac on that road, right? And so I have to walk on like rocks, which is like death on my hip, which is like, it's just, it's terrible and it's horrible, this country, when you're disabled, because it, accessibility becomes just a headache. What questions annoy you the most in regards to your disability? Uh, it isn't questions, it's statements. And I don't think I'm the one who's on the receiving end of those statements. I think it's people around me, right? Um, and I think they act as some sort of shield or, you know, they absorb most of, you know, and I think there's some sort of, I don't know if it's a phobia, I don't know what it is, towards disabled people. Um, there's always that pity. I can't stand it. I don't like it. I don't pity myself. I mean, I'll make jokes about it, but then there's always this, can you, oh my God. Like when you're walking upstairs and people are looking at you like you should walk on a ramp. Let me tell you, when you have crutches, it's easier to walk up the stairs than to walk up a ramp. But you see, because we see ramps as accessibility, you will automatically think that a person will, and then like there's this, when I, I like, I like that, People are kinder to, you know, disabled people and like want these concessions, right? But then there's this whole, I remember about a month or so ago, I was walking with my partner and I was going upstairs and then the security guard was like, Mbono nam tembeza uku kuote. And I was like, I don't even like, I don't even have agency. Eh? I do not, my body does not even belong to me. Some other person has to be taken, you know what I'm saying? Right? Um, and then, and I've, I did a whole, you know, um, conference paper on this is just like the desexualization of disabled bodies, right? So like you cannot be disabled and want sex, right? Or you cannot be disabled and be good at sex, which is a lie. And then, <laughs> so there's that, right? And then there's always carefulness when you're with someone sexually, right? It's like they, they are scared that they'll break you, right? And the whole time, you're trying to enjoy your time, but the whole time is just like checking, you know, you okay, which I appreciate, but I'm like, listen, <laughs> I know, Najijua, <laughs> well, relax. I know, what, I know what I'm doing, right? You just enjoy the ride. But what I'm saying is, there's a desexualization and infantilization of disabled people, uh, which is quite irritating. What scares you most right now with regards to your disability? My biggest fear is that I'm, I'm never able to escape anywhere effectively, right? Unfortunately, I live in a country where 
every time elections roll around, you're scared of how bad it can get, right? And I'm scared that like if if I need to run, will I be able to? Like I literally physically cannot. I can hop, but I can't run. You know, that for me is it's a big one. And um, another fear is that when I went for my checkup, um, I've had the rod in my leg for quite a while, and my doctor said to me, um, he explained a physical, a physics um, theory which I learned in high school, which I've now forgotten, something to do with elasticity. So there's only so much you can bend a metal after which it breaks. And so my doctor was like, you know, with this current rod, one day it will break, which for me, that's like a constant fear. I'm like, am I putting too much weight on this? Will it one day break, which is a whole other thing, especially when you're diabetic, they can't just be up out here opening you up again, right? Because it's like whole other healing dynamics. I'm also getting older. And so, yeah, just like the the dynamics of it, it's, yeah. So that's, I'm, I'm mostly scared of just not being able to run and one day having a another broken leg. Yeah. Okay. What are some of the things that have really changed for you or are entirely different due to this? Accessibility, right? It's changed me for the better. In the beginning, I didn't see it, but it's changed me for the better. I was, to be quite honest with you, I was a person who did not see people with disability, right? I did not see the need to be there. And, you know, it happened when I was young. Like, but like, it also happened when, you know, like, when, when you live in a certain world, there's a, there's a lens you have, right? So if you're, let's say, um, you know, white, Christian, cisgendered heterosexual man there's a way you see the world right and then as the you know as they said you know layers of privilege as they appealed away you get to see more and more of you know the world and and i just i hadn't seen disability before and i'm very thankful that i was at the time that it happened i was in a university that was um very very disability um i don't want to say friendly but like disability like it like you were taken care of, right? Mm. And and the interesting thing is like it was a literal switch. So before I my accident I was just uko <laughs> I was just out there in a, if you know this university. Yeah. I was uko nyayo too living my best life. And then when I um when I you know when I got to Sable and I came to the university and there's a whole disability office and this is KU, right? And they asked me, will you be coming with someone to help you? Um, we can give you a bigger room. Um, we, they assigned a shower to me uh, with like a, a seat. Um, they, I, I told them I need a special bed to keep my hip stable. They got me a special bed. Like it was all, and then like they have like, I don't know if they, those days they were tuk-tuks. I'm sure now it's changed. I'm not young. So they were tuk-tuks those days to like take you to class, to the library. You know what I'm saying? The library had a space for disabled students. So you didn't have, if you needed a book, you didn't have to actually go physically and find. So like I saw it, it taught me um, that the world is can be different, right? And it taught me to be kinder and to really see the different ways in which people are. Awesome. I want to say suffering. I would imagine that our situations, whatever situations they are, interact with our mental health in one way or another, mm -hmm. yeah? 
what does a bad day look like for you? A bad day for me is a cold day. <laughs> and like anybody who has just like a broken anything will tell you is that you wake up and you're in pain. So the whole month of July is just bad because I'm in pain and it's a deep, deep pain. Um, and you know, for me, I know the drug that can help me, but it's a controlled drug and I'd have to go in and get a shot. And then you can only get so many before now you're branded an addict, right? And so for me, a bad day is pain and having to deal with that pain. And I remember when I first went into surgery and I came out, my surgeon said, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. And you're just going to have to learn how to live with it. And I live with pain in one way or another. Every, like, there's not a day I wake up that I'm not in pain. What does a good day look like? <laughs> 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 I'm afraid to. A good day is a sunny day when there's no, when the pain is reduced. Um, I stopped taking painkillers for the pain because, um, you know, uh, there's such a thing as like build up and toxicity and all these things, right? So, a good day is when the pain is reduced. Is there a way your disability has played a part in your love life or your dating life? Yeah. Um, so, when you're a woman, there's a way you're viewed. There's only, you're only good for so long and in so many ways, right? When you're a black woman, again, that's another obstacle. In a country that, where colorism is highly valued, when you're a dark black woman, that's another thing. When you are a dark woman that is mask presenting, that's another thing, that's another layer. When you're a certain tribe, that's another layer, right? And then now you're even at, are you even disabled? That's another layer. And then, because you're disabled now, your usefulness also, right? I remember telling the person, the person from whom I buy shoes, literally telling telling me at the, what she was she was shocked that I get up and cook, and she was like, "When I a candle on a picker," you see, like your usefulness is stripped away, and so it almost becomes this whole niche of people who. Like, it's a very small pool of people who find you attractive, find you useful, you know what I'm saying? Um, which I tie to something my mom once told me, is that <laughs> um, as a woman, and, and I know we, our mothers say toxic things, and I love you, mama, if you're watching this, I love you, but you said this, is that as a woman, you only make it in this world if you're beautiful and if you're really smart, right? I had to be really smart. <laughs> Right? And so basically when I'm selling myself to my partners and stuff, which is why on Tinder, I am that catfish, but I'm not catfishing like with fake pictures. I'm a dark square. If you see me, swipe right. So um, I, I want for people to meet me, right? And then they can contend with me, right? Yeah. Awesome. You answered the last question without knowing. <laughs> I'm 
Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and are keen to place faces on this amazing voices, head on to our YouTube channel, The Channel KE. And while you're at it, feel free to like, share, and rate this podcast. Till next time, this has been The Channel.